Kayla Villegas lives in Wicker Park on Chicago's north side. One time, she was taking a long walk, and she noticed something. In my afternoon jaunt around the city, past a community garden, and was very impressed, but also I noticed that there's a lot of produce grown there. And she wondered, how do you start a community garden in Chicago? Kayla asked this question because she wanted to try out gardening herself. When she moved here, she rented an apartment with a backyard. It was like a big reason why I really wanted to live in that apartment. And then when I moved in, I looked out the back and realized that the landlord had paved it. So it's all cement. And I was like, no! <laughs> she knows how beneficial gardening can be. When she saw all the veggies in that community garden, she had other questions. Who are these gardens for? Because I know that there are areas of the city that are underserved when it comes to access to food in general, but also, you know, access to healthy food that you could grow in a garden. I'm Adriana Cardona Magigat. You may have noticed Curious City has been focusing on Pilsen in Chicago's Lower West Side for several episodes. That's part of our series on Chicago neighborhoods. Most recently, you heard about Aztec dancers in Harrison Park. So to answer Kayla's question, I went to El Paseo Community Garden, a huge garden between Cullerton and 21st Streets in East Pilsen. This green space wasn't always there. The area used to be an industrial site and much of the land was contaminated. But now the space has vegetable beds, a prairie with native plants, a permaculture site, even a beehive. And the people involved in El Paseo spend a lot of time thinking about one of Kayla's questions. Who is this garden for? So I spent several days visiting El Paseo and talking with Pilsen residents about how to transform an industrial and contaminated site into a beautiful green space with flowers, herbs, bees, and butterflies. What kind of butterfly is that? I think that's an admiral butterfly. It's just the smell of this place. Like, I was just by that tree, and it just smells so good. It smells good. That's the compost right there. So I'm That's that coming up next. Basil, like, smells like basil. Oh, or... baby red bud behind you right here has some herbs. Oh, it just smells so good. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. When you walk around El Paseo Community Garden, you almost forget that you're right in the middle of the city. The garden spreads over more than an acre of land. It has an area for gardening beds, there is a fire pit. It also has a few big trees along a paved path and two big colorful murals on the east side. Paula Acevedo co-directs El Paseo with her husband. She gave me a tour recently, starting from the south entrance on 21st Street. So when you're walking, you enter down the path and you have on the right-hand side the prairie that flanks the path. That's We have it fenced in to keep dogs out and and people from stepping on it. We also have some mulberry trees at the community. You know, we even have people climbing the trees to get the mulberries. 
She then points me to a corner where the garden started years ago. Today, this space is where seniors and families grow their vegetables and flowers. And that's where you find Carlos Nunez in the afternoons, right around 5 p.m. That's when most volunteers and residents visit the space. Aquí tengo pepino. Eh, el tomate, es tomate. Por aquí tengo también unas matitas de chile. Fresa, tengo fresas. Carlos shows me what he's been growing recently. He says he's got some tomatoes, cucumbers, some peppers, strawberries. Carlos came from a small town in Mexico about 50 years ago. He's 72 now and lives nearby in an affordable housing complex for seniors. Pero todo esto me recuerda mi, mi pequeño pueblo allá en, en, en el estado de Durango. He says being in the garden takes him back to El Campo, the fields, where he grew up in the state of Durango. Esto me recuerda de cuando andábamos allá sembrando en la milpa, el, el, el olor de, de, de diferentes uh, plantas también. Este, eso, el, el respirar aire, aire puro aquí, porque se respira algo bonito. This garden reminds me of when we used to plant back home, he says. The smell of the herbs and just breathing fresh air. Because that's what you breathe here, fresh air. When he's out in the garden, Carlos loves playing the guitar and singing the songs that he learned from his dad back in Mexico. Ya el de amor me gustó, yo lo jugué. Carlos has a disability. He had brain surgery years ago and he loses his balance sometimes as he walks. Yo antes de venir al jardín, yo era una persona un poco depresiva. No tenía mucho que hacer y pues estaba un poco deprimido porque ya hace muchos años que estoy deshabilitado. Before coming to the garden, he says, I was very depressed and not very active. El paseo keeps him busy. Not just planting, but helping water vegetables and learning about herbs that he didn't know before. De aquí, por ejemplo, yo conocía el té de limón de una haga de cuenta que era una. Carlos has made many friends in the garden, including Luis Alberto Romero. A él le gustan las arepas, le encantan. Es se siente uno a gusto cuando alguien le gusta lo que uno hace y la cultura de uno. We like to get together, share food. Luis says. Carlos loves the arepas with cheese that I make. Sometimes I make extra, just for Carlos. Carlos joined the garden in 2010, long enough to remember what the space looked like before it was a garden. ¿Usted conoce los lugares, lo que llaman lotes baldíos? Así eres. Solo había escombros, eh, concreto, ladrillos. Eh, daba como hasta... You know what empty lots look like? This place was like that, he says. There was tons of bricks, debris. It was scary to walk through here. Another example of the total transformation, there's a colony of bees. Noah Fraser is one of the beekeepers. My name is Noah Fraser, and we're here at El Paseo Community Garden by the beehives that we keep in the garden. Uh, yeah, just at the south end, we've got two beehives. El Paseo uses the beekeeping program to educate residents, including kids, about bees and other native pollinators. Noah invites me to look inside the hive, 
but I didn't exactly have the right outfit. I'm like now wearing... You're wearing a skirt. Yeah. Well, you might have a full body suit you could borrow. Great. Sweatpants <laughs> or a onesie? Uh, I think I might go for the onesie. So, so I grabbed one of those big white onesies. Have you ever gotten stung before? Uh, yes, yeah. I have. You know, the suits that beekeepers use. I put it on and we headed over to the beehive. After a series of steps, he opens it and hands me one of the panels. Here, feel the weight of that. Every time you approach the beehive, you have to kind of slow down and forget about all the other things going on in your life. Um, and then move very intentionally and kind of slowly so you don't squash any of these living beings while you're in there and that you don't uh, startle them as you kind of invade their home. So you just take it easy. I like that. I like that aspect. El Paseo Garden also has an extensive wellness program with volunteers leading yoga, flamenco dance classes, and even a grieving circle. On a recent Wednesday afternoon, Cristina Puzio, a longtime Pilsen resident, is leading a sound meditation session. And now, tune inward. Hear and feel your heartbeat. About 45 people are laying on yoga mats and blankets in a big plot of grass, listening to Tibetan instruments, adjusting to the environment around them, including the sounds of the city. Yes, in the garden you can hear everything, trucks, airplanes, loud motorcycles, but you can also quickly be lured by the smell of the basil, the mint, the cilantro, and be mesmerized as you watch the bees hard at work. After the break, Paula and Antonio, the managers, talk about how they helped transform a contaminated piece of land into a garden, the challenges they face, and their fight to keep making this space a welcoming place to all residents. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark. Learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Kayla, our question asker, wanted to know how you start a community garden right in the middle of the city. And 
how do you keep it focused on the needs of the community around you? Well, to begin with, you need people like Paula and her husband, Antonio Acevedo. Over the last 10 years, they put in many hours helping the community build this space. They took over as managers in 2015 when the original founders left. They get stipends here and there, but they mostly volunteer their time. You just missed us arguing. <laughs> what are you guys arguing about? I'm just playing. I'm in a playful mood today. So. As they look back on their journey, they share a series of steps that got them to where they are now. We did it together, but he's... Uh... Where to put it up. First, Paula says, you need residents who want a garden. The biggest thing if somebody wants a community garden is to organize. Talk to your neighbors, because at the end of the day, these spaces are supposed to be for community. El Paseo built its first vegetable beds in 2009. It's located near homes, but it's also near lots of industry. For decades, even before there was a garden, the area had serious levels of contamination. It came from several companies, including a coal plant that's now closed and the remains of an old metal smelter, which contained high levels of lead. Local environmental activists and residents fought to get much of the land remediated. They also advocated to push the coal plant out of their community. But because this used to be a rail yard, it was barren dirt, it was a brownfield site. This used to be harmful with heavy metal. Amid all that environmental advocacy, what started as a tiny gardening space with just a few beds kept expanding. But organically, the garden, we just started expanding because... Uh, As more residents got involved, more beds were built. Neighborspace, a nonprofit urban land trust for community gardens, helped acquire the land for the garden. They call themselves Sembradores Unidos de Pilsen. And, over time, the organization helped to get more and more. So, once you secure the space, and you know people want a garden, Paula and Antonio say you need to talk to the community about what they want the garden to be. Come up with a vision and make sure that that vision includes the input from everybody who, wants to, who uses the space or wants to use the space. So for us, it's the seniors, it's our collective gardeners, it's the, the neighbors. Once you have the land, the vision, the people, then you have to do the nitty-gritty. That includes finding out if the soil in your future garden is contaminated or not. If you know that that's contaminated soil, then you need to have appropriate plans for how you're going to be safe about that, you know, because you cannot grow directly. Certain plants have shallow roots, some have deeper roots. There's like root vegetables you do not want to grow in contaminated soil. The city and the EPA have cleaned up parts of the land over the years. Paula and Antonio have done a lot of testing, so they know which areas are safe and which are contaminated. In the areas that aren't safe, they built raised beds above the ground. Some materials have been donated. For other things, they've gone dumpster diving. The soil to fill those beds can be expensive. Sometimes you can find free wood chips or piles of dirt, but you need to test the soil to make sure it's safe. But another big piece is the labor to do it all. So we've relied heavily on volunteers to do a lot of our work, but as we've 
been able to secure more grants over the years, been able to pay professionals to come in and do some of the work. So, I mean, we started just a little cornerback here and then just slowly year by year built on and built on. So going back to Kayla's question about who is the garden for? Well, it's complicated. Everybody is welcome here. And the trick, tricky part is how do you balance everybody? And how does everybody um, benefit? Paula and Antonio, along with other volunteers, have worked hard to make sure El Paseo is a welcoming space, especially for the Mexican-Americans who've lived in Pilsen for generations. And Paula is constantly thinking about how to get more people involved. She's partnered with organizations over the years to make planting stations accessible to everyone, including seniors with disabilities. She's connected with architects who've helped redesign spaces. But keeping that balance can be difficult. The garden has faced vandalism, like getting beehive panels stolen, random people taking vegetables and fruits outside scheduled harvesting times. They've also had problems with people using the garden as a restroom. But a bigger challenge is a change in demographics. Pilsen has traditionally been a Mexican immigrant neighborhood, but the increasing cost of housing is pushing families out. Paula and Antonio are both second-generation Mexican-American. They rent and don't want to be priced out of the neighborhood either. Many volunteers and others who use the garden are also Latinx residents. But Paula says some people are concerned that having a nice garden only makes the area more desirable, which fuels gentrification. And some are under the impression that the garden is only for young white professionals. They're telling me like, yeah, my friend said it was a widow garden though, but I told them no, I told them it's not. It's a little tiring because you find yourself that you constantly have to prove yourself to the community when it's just like, hey, this is our volunteer. We are dedicating all of this time for the community. Again, she insists the garden is for everybody, but she would like to see more long-time residents enjoying the place and taking on leadership roles. She also understands having time to donate is a privilege. Not all the people she wants involved in the garden have that flexibility. I have the privilege to donate my time because my husband has makes good money. And so that's also why we're trying to, as we're capacity building, we're trying to basically make it more equitable. And there's one more complication. A new multi-use path expected to run through Pilsen, right through the garden. Some fear it's going to be similar to the 606 trail in Wicker Park and surrounding neighborhoods, which led to higher home prices. And the name of this new trail? El Paseo, which people confuse with the garden. You know, being on the east side of Pilsen, where it's changing, and the whole fact of the stigma of the El Paseo trail and how it affected an increased displacement for families, it, it has a stigma. She says El Paseo Community Garden is not El Paseo Trail, but not everybody gets that. Paula and Antonio are keeping at it. They are in the garden, working, making sure people are welcomed, especially those longtime Pilsen residents. They also want to be able to keep living in their community. 
they like that their son is growing up near nature and learning about gardening and bees. He's being brought up in this with community, with everybody looking out for him, with everybody knowing him. He's very social, he loves nature, um, he's very smart, he loves foraging and eating the berries that we have. And so um, this is our community, this is our life. If you walk by El Paseo on a random afternoon, you might see Carlos sitting on a bench playing the guitar. Or you might see Cristina doing her sound meditation, limpias or cleansings with burning incense, healing people. You might see Noah carefully looking after the bees, Antonio pruning the hop vines, or Paula walking around with her three-year-old thinking about the next garden project or catching up with residents. Supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Jason Mark and Joe Deso produce the show. Jesse Dukes is the editor. And Maggie Civit is our digital and engagement producer. And as I mentioned earlier, Curiosity has focused on Pilsen over the last year. It's part of our neighborhood series. And we're going to move on to a different community soon. But to commemorate our series of stories from Pilsen, Join us for a live event at El Paseo Community Garden on September 24th. Mark your calendars and keep listening for more details. Coming soon. I'm Adriana Cardona Maguiga, and we'll see you back here next week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.